and then and then like uh like 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 totally like waffle but but just like delay it so so be like oh totally guilty oh i don't know that last witness really got me going lol um you know but just be like really really like exaggerated about it the whole time i know you can't like talk about the actual case oh raffle copper that that judge looks pissed (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh dang objection This is Podcat, Episode 3, Nanodegree Designer, on Friday, June 5th, 2015. And now, pardon my French, but it's swaggin'. This episode of Podkit is hosted by Brandon Johnson, Brian Mitchell, and Ryan Rampersad. Alright. Welcome to Podkit, Episode 3. Third That's one. us. Yep. Big Amazing week. Huge week. Huge week indeed. So we got some follow-up, a couple pieces of follow-up. So I, I actually, I see we've got one in here. And I think we have another one that's not yet in here. I'll see if I can grab it while we're talking about the first one. Okay. But the first is from a friend of the show, Andrew Bailey. Is that right? Yes, very, very friendly Andrew Bailey, the only listener of all Nexus shows. <laughs> Sorry. That, that's fine. Um, some, for some reason, I think... Was it really from episode one? This is the feedback from it? I don't know. I don't know if that's right. Doesn't matter. It's fine. Feedback. Uh, yeah. feedback. So yeah, I think he watched both of them. So okay. Uh, so that's the first one. I've got one from Ian Buck, which I just added. Okay. And then there's another one. There's from... so much feedback. I don't even know what I'm doing. I know. I, we've we're getting so much feedback right now. It's good to my junk folder too, which I do check. But well, so the feedback that I get from from the the CMS goes into this secret label in Gmail called the Nexus feedback. And I never remember to read it. Understood. Well, see, I, I just whitelisted that address that it comes from. Um, and as a result, as a result, I've, I've been getting all the feedback. Excellent. See, I use Apple mail. (laughs) Okay. So first of all, Andrew Bailey says, uh, wonderful new podcast. Um, yeah, he's, uh, pretty much opposed to the arm ecosystem. If it became an all arm ecosystem. That makes sense. That's, Totally fair for the reasons that we stated in episode one. Mm-hmm. I think it makes a lot of sense that there would be a mixed ecosystem. ARM is good for some things, but not good for everything. Like multiple Chrome tabs, for example. Pretty much when the word multiple comes into play, it's not good for that. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Gosh. And he ah. um, got a new keyboard. Some kind DOS of keyboard. DOS keyboard. Has no labels whatsoever. I'm not that confident. Yeah, I think he actually sh- he was on uh, 8-bit and he showed his keyboard to us. I don't know if we took a picture or not, but that it is that, that would be tough. Yeah. What? Okay, so I'm I'm looking at DOS keyboard right now and it is um par- pardon my French, but it's swagging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it that that is one cool board for keys. I'm, at least he did pick the proper key flavor, which is brown. Totally. Oh, and, and there's like some sort of wheel attached to it? What is this? Uh, isn't I, that for volume? I'm not sure. Oh, well, see, I, it, it would be cool if it was like one of those like Logitech programmable wheels, right? So where you can just tell it to do whatever you want. It mm-hmm. can just like actuate anything. That would be cool. I, I wonder if that's what it is or if, or if it is just for volume. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I yep, guess oversized volume knob. You're right. Reprogram it to be a scrabbler? How awful. <laughs> yes. All, all the hip DJs. Yeah. It'll be as useful as like a pitch wheel on a MIDI keyboard that no one ever uses. Wow, wow, what? I don't know. I've yeah. I've used keyboards in high school with pitch wheels, and no one ever did it other than just to mess with people. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. So then we also have Ian Buck's feedback. This is for episode two because we're reaching really far back in our uh, feedback bag here. Uh, last week, yeah, last week. Uh, not he's even, not so. sure if a smartwatch is for him. It might be. But they have to make a good one first. That's fair. And there was actually... I, I was just my wrist, Ian. <laughs> well, you know Ian Buck isn't going to be getting an Apple Watch, so... Oh, because that means uh, he needs an iPhone. He needs an iPhone, which isn't going to happen because Ian is Mr. Google. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I guess that kind of... That does... You're right. That does kind of... Um, a, that makes a lot of sense. B, 
that kind of uh, squashes the very thing that I was trying to look for here and plop into the show notes. Uh, Mashable, Christina Warren from Mashable, who I've told you guys before, yep. probably in episode one, is like one of my favorite tech journalists in the universe, mm-hmm. present company excluded, of course. Um, in that, and um, let's see, she and Lance Ulanoff, another uh, writer for Mashable, had this really interesting discussion about whether the Apple Watch was um, was a flop or was like the the highest performing flop. I think is is the phrase they used. Um, or whether it was just like a regular old flop. Um, yeah, that's really hard to even like. What was their? <laughs> what did they determine? Um, well, I'm I'm loading it up right now, but it it, it sounds like they're t- to me. It sounds like uh, they generally say that. I think Lance kind of kind of won out. Uh, Lance was the one who said that it's 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 really wildly successful, and they're just not telling us about it. Uh, Christina basically said, "Yeah, it might be successful, but everyone's kind of bored of it now." Um, because they can't get it quickly enough, or they can't. Um, or, they're catching or up, though. They're doing, I think they're only a couple weeks out from being caught up now. Yeah, you're right. I, I think it's just like a two-week wait now, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah that's not too bad. And um, I think they will only start selling in-store once um, they've sold all the online orders for it. Like on a model-by-model basis, maybe. I'm not sure. I saw yeah. something on Twitter the other day. I think it's really hard for people... So I don't know what normal people, like non-tech people, think of the watch. And I like I know what non-tech people think of the iPhone. I think it's a really nice phone. But I haven't heard what normal people think about the watch. And so I don't know if, if the reception is broad enough to say if it's a flop or not. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's mostly just worn by tech people at this point. Yeah. I, I know of uh, one... One person in particular, a, a coworker of mine, who's a who's a communicator, not 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 a not a, not a developer, uh, but but somebody who who's familiar enough with with tech that that he knows what the Apple Watch is, and he he is just like addicted to it. He mm-hmm. loves it. He got one for his wife too, and and um and and he said that it was that they are like absolutely loving it a hundred percent. They also work for um a company that uh that they they, they work in a workplace where technology is pretty darn present so it's you know it's i guess Borderline it's hard to say whether people. that's yeah yeah so even even though they're not like technical individuals right um they are their job they're surrounded by a lot of it so. they're surrounded by it exactly exactly but no that's that's really interesting and i mean the the moto 360 is um it's definitely interesting. I've seen a lot of those around campus, you know. On... I've never seen anybody on campus actually wearing a smartwatch. Oh, really? Um, there is one person in Morris, um, falsely anal known. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. Major. I think he was on some show at one point. Um, he was the circle one with a little line. Yeah, that, that's with, the Moto 360. Yeah, that's, that's what he had. Yeah, I just saw him wearing that the last day of classes or something. Okay. Yeah. I know of at least two students in my CSI uh, 1933 that had the Moto 360 or like the LG, mm-hmm. the, the LG watch. watch. The Guatch. <laughs> the Guatch, but not the urbane one, not the... Um, that, that word doesn't even make one. sense. Whatever that means, I don't know. I, th- I think you have to put the emphasis on Bane, like uh, <laughs> like in Batman. Urbane. Tom Hardy. For strawberries. So I, I'm also interested in the second generation Moto 360. As you can tell, I've stopped wearing my Fitbit. Yeah. And the biggest problem with the Fitbit is that it doesn't do anything other than tell me the time when I ask it what time it is. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of times when I'm walking up to the train or walking up to the bus or walking up to something and I don't necessarily want to take my ridiculously huge phone out of my pocket because totally. I'm standing in a concrete death trap. I would just prefer to ask my watch, hey, uh, how's it going? How's Twitter? You know, tell me about it. That's one of the things that I love about my Apple Watch. You actually ask your watch, hey, how's it going? Oh, you know, that's what I ask everyone, even the cat. Hey, how's it going, cat? That's how you ask, that's how you start, like, every podcast. Hey, how's it going? That's that's uh, true. We should, uh, yeah, I wonder if there's a way you can change, like, your Siri greeting or, well, maybe not Siri, but possibly, like, your Google Now greeting or something to be, like, to respond to, hey, how's it going? I'm sure I could figure it out. Maybe that would be dangerous. Maybe this would happen all the time. <laughs> almost as almost as much as I say any which way. Oh, there we go. Oh crap! But that was intentional. Again. Does it count? That yeah, it counts. Eh, Just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Mark it. Okay, I'll mark it. Yeah. So let's go see. What it. else do we have here? Uh, Ian made a Twitter account just earlier this semester last semester. Yeah. And he's yeah. only number three point zero four billion or so. That's pretty darn good. I mean, 
three three billion that's like what only half only half the world's populations on twitter in theory if every if one person only had one account which of course is among the, the three of us we know that that's 100 percent false yeah but it's only five only five let's see i'm not gonna even I'm go following I, don't, I don't even want to know oh yeah, yeah i'm um, following ian ian is an rss user a a rss user yes he he really is he was um attacked when google reader shut down he had to switch to feedly oh no you know everybody totally. everybody had to do that back then yeah see i'm on feedly right now i'm trying to decide whether i should use uh david smith's service feed wrangler instead um I, let's I don't see know. what is it called uh news blur news something uh, david smith sir i don't know uh there's one i follow uh, yeah. feed reader news blur i think is the one i have been looking at so if i ever needed an alternative uh-huh. to Feedly, and I don't know if I do, but I would probably try Newsblur. Um, the the prices are pretty decent, I think, and they have apps across the platform, and their website's pretty cool too. Yeah, you know, twenty four dollars a year isn't a you know big deal for me. Absolutely, absolutely. It also looks like Ian uh, didn't wasn't a huge fan of our hour and forty five minute episode last week. <laughs> yeah, you know that kind of just happened. We're shooting for an hour this this week. So I've got, I've, got, I've got a timer this time. Ooh. I don't even know where the um, camera is. Why are the sunglasses on the screen again? Because never stops. And so I, I started this a couple minutes late, so just add like two minutes. So like eight minutes-ish now. Okay. Sounds good. And when I truncate it, it'll still be eight minutes, so it doesn't matter. Cool. Uh, anything else here for uh, feedback? Uh, anything that catches your eye? Uh, let's see. There was one other. Uh, there was one other thing. It was nice of him to point out that there is a uh, um, that that there are some places where you can just if you have an unlocked phone, uh, you, you can buy a SIM card from a local carrier. And actually, I'm, I'm thinking pretty strongly about getting um get, getting a SIM card for threes when I go abroad. Oh yeah, because um, three, of course, is um well regarded, and um, if I get it in one place, I can take it basically throughout Europe and use it without without um losing all that stuff that i paid for even though i'm not going to be there for a full month i'm just going to be there for a couple days mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that would be awesome thanks ian yeah i need to do some research but i'll probably just ask family and things but nice yeah later. i guess mm-hmm. i guess the one thing is that there's uh like i don't know if this iphone 5 i have that's that's very old it's been in the family for years um <laughs> by years i mean like like five years maximum wait has the five it hasn't been five years since no not five. Whatever. Like three years. Yeah. How how does math work? How does time work? How do, I don't how know. do those S's work? Who knows? Yeah. Oh, that's a whole nother story. Um, but um I, I don't know if it's really unlocked or not. There's some speculation that every Verizon LTE phone comes pre unlocked, but I don't really buy that because Verizon is evil. Yes, I agree. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to take it in tomorrow because tomorrow's the last day that Verizon's open. And uh, I am in the United States, mm-hmm. and uh, to figure it out, but we'll we'll have to see. So, yeah, but I don't even know what what is their unlocking policy like. I mean, the the five is out of contract, so they basically, I mean, theoretically, I should own it, or someone in my family should theoretically theoretically own the device. Oh, theoretically, yeah. But I mean, it's Verizon, so Verizon owns us all, pretty much, including our souls. It's unfortunate. Until the day we die. Mm-hmm. But, you know, anywho, there is, there is some other stuff that we have to talk about that's kind of follow up from last week. Okay. Um, I've been absolutely going crazy with Apple Pay uh, since, since last week. Isn't it great? I, I have bought way too many ridiculous things with Apple Pay that I probably should not have bought and purchased. Bought is not a word. I'm a journalism major. Remember that, guys. Um, <laughs> any which way. Just for, oh, market. Market. Just remember your offer um, I, so, so I used Apple Pay just a ton. Um, earlier this week when it started raining, I think it was Wednesday when it was raining really bad mm-hmm. in, in downtown Minneapolis, um, I realized that I did not have an umbrella. I realized the reason I did not have an umbrella is because I don't own an umbrella. I usually wear a jacket, but I was silly and I did not think to bring a jacket that day. Um, so I was stuck on the West Bank and I was like, crap, what am I going to do? Um, but I found the law school bookstore. And um, usually the bookstore is not a place where you go if you want to find reasonably placed, priced goods. No. Um, but I was kind of desperate. So I waltzed into the bookstore and said, um, good afternoon, pal. Ha- have you an umbrella to spare? Uh, and they said, um, why are you talking like that? And sort of. Uh, 
and they, they pointed me towards these these fancy little 3M umbrellas that were quite nice. Yes, 3M branded umbrellas. Um, hmm. Well, the st- the sticker on them said 3M. It wasn't like uh, I was waltzing around, you know, with a with a 3M umbrella that actually had 3M on the umbrella or anything. But it was kind of cool. Um, and sure enough, I could pay for it with Apple Pay. So I didn't even care about how much it cost. It turned out to be like 15 bucks, so it wasn't that bad. But um, as far as umbrellas go, but I, I was so psyched that they accepted Apple Pay. Um, and so did like you use the watch the to do it? You betcha. You betcha. I didn't take my phone out of my pocket. That's good. And then later that day, when I when I got over to my office, I realized that we had some of those vending machines, the fancy Coca-Cola vending machines. They have Apple um, Pay as well. Yep. Yep. I want to work that does that. I haven't used it yet. It's going to be dangerous once I start. It, it is so dangerous. I didn't think it was going to work because um, it's all... Uh, it's actually all still branded ISIS, which is um, unfortunate for geopolitical opinion, uh, geopolitical reasons. Um, but I mean, what it, is it called it now? Works. Soft, soft wallet or soft card, soft, soft bank, soft card, soft card. That's it. Soft yeah. bank is a wireless provider, not a bank. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but yes, uh, it, it's all, it's all ISIS branded still, which is like, come on, pals, get it together. Nope. Um, but it works. It works. I used it first to buy a can of Sprite, and uh, that was a very expensive can of Sprite, but it was worth it. Um, and then after after it worked with the can of Sprite, I was freaking out because you know who who knew that um, of all places, my my uh, the you know like UDS dining services and and uh, and the bookstore would be like some of the most forward thinking places around when it comes to that sort of thing. And sure enough. It worked just fine, and I bought some trail mix, and I bought a rice crispy bar. And I bought a rice crispy bar. Did you buy this all of it, like one time? No, I did it. I did it in four separate transactions. Yeah, but like, were you? You didn't like walk away. You just bought them four times in a row. Yeah, I was just, I was just freaking out about how awesome it was that I could pay for things with my watch. That is pretty good. I was, I was like a kid in a candy store, or rather, a kid using a vending vending machine that I could pay for with my watch. Man, I I wanted. I should have seen that. It was. You it could was have. Awesome. Um, you could have periscoped it. I, I would have, but my phone was actually back at my desk. <laughs> well, okay then. So there How you did go. Apple Pay work, or is it close enough? Uh, well, my my desk is kind of on, on like the far ring, wing of the building, which is really nice for like watching sunrises and stuff. But it's not so useful for getting stuff in the vending machine. But you wait. You said you, your phone was at your desk, but you used Apple Pay still. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to have the phone to use Apple Pay. You don't? Then how does it connect, or does it not, and it just authorizes the next payment, or I next, think it just, next internet? I think it authorizes it with a hash. I'm not, I'm not sure. But I, I think, I think basically what it, what the watch sends is like a hash of, of the... Oh, I guess it, okay, yeah, that would make sense, because I guess the, the vending machine would be connecting the internet. Okay. Exactly, exactly. I just, of course, assume, oh, it's a vending machine, why would it be connecting the internet? But, Man, right. what a world IOT. we live in. Yeah. No, no IoT, none, none of that. None of that. None, None of, of that. that. Okay. Maybe. So, and then, and then, well, what, one more kind of corollary to this is is that uh, after on the way home, I stopped at Lunds and Byerleys because it's now no longer just Byerleys or just Lunds, but Lunds and Byerleys. Yeah. Um. And the and I and I got some cookies that um because because their cookies are phenomenal. Um. Shout out to white chocolate cranberry cookies that are made with basically 100% butter. Um. <laughs> They're phenomenal, and I paid for those with Apple Pay too because Byerly's is also really fancy and advanced when it comes to that sort of thing. So believe it or not, everyone's like oh, Apple Pay. Um, everyone that I work with, at least, has been all like, "Oh, well, where are you going to use Apple Pay? McDonald's? You're going to go to McDonald's every day?" Um, that would suck. Cause, uh, if you're driving up, I guess you would have to swipe on the outside or something. Yeah, it's it's really weird. I've never done it with a with a drive through. I've only ever done it in person. What if but you wore your watch it. on your other hand? I do. That's the trick. I wear it on my right hand because so I'm left handed. It would be basically impossible to swipe at a drive up then. Yeah, basically, I'd have to like turn completely around. That would suck. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So I was at that point, you just give them your phone, but then you don't have the six. I've never used Apple Pay yeah. myself. What? No. Oh my gosh. Because well, because I'm in Morris, I don't go out to things very much, and my my credit card through my I use a credit union, and it didn't support Apple Pay until I think it was like end of February, so mm-hmm. right around spring break, and I just wasn't at a place that used it, mm-hmm. and I don't go out that much just to buy random stuff, mm-hmm. so I just wasn't at a place that used it, and so I used it for the first time on my Apple Watch at Walgreens, getting some candy for work. 
Nice. Oh, that's the way to go. That's so cool. And the second time I went back, I didn't use Apple Apple Pay because I like to use cash when I'm buying something in, in person. And then I pretty much use my credit card when it's online. Me too. Or large things. And that's it's a good way of helping me like, okay, is this worth spending? Because it's like a physical, I'm losing money out mm-hmm. of my wallet versus I'll just pay for it at the end of the month. That's that's weird. That's, well, when I say that's weird, what I mean is that's totally logical. Um, but I, I do it, I do it very differently. I, um, I use my credit card for almost everything. And it's, it's because I have, um, like I'm, I'm very, um, very, uh, diligent about being notified by that. Right. So mm-hmm. when, uh, and anytime a charge goes through, I get an instant ping, uh, from, from my card company saying, yep, it went through or no, it didn't go through or, uh, you idiot. Why are, why are you spending money on this thing? Um, but the thing that works really well for me is that at the end of every month, I can look back and analyze how much money I've wasted on food trucks, for example, at, at lunch. I guess if it's for food, I don't really know how you can call it wasted, but like you, you can determine, I can see where I'm like spending more money than I want to, right? right. Yeah. Um, and otherwise with cash, I would just like lose track of it instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, while cash is a physical thing that, that I'd be giving up, like, there's no record of it. There's no paper trail, which is what kills me as a, as a analytics driven person. It's funny because yeah, I, 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 I yeah, but. well, I, I always tell people, you know, I always buy with cash because I don't want to be tracked. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I want to be tracked all the time. Not, oh, okay. You want to be tracked by Yay, those context. who want, who you want to be tracked by. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking of which, I'll be tweeting a lot over the next, couple days if especially if i have internet access if i don't have internet access then i won't be tweeting at all so if you want to if you want to um politely non-intrusively track me you can track me on twitter make sure you use twitter location on all your tweets so oh you bet and and what 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 handle do they use for twitter to do that what would i use no what what username you gotta tell them for me yeah yeah oh yeah me uh who am I? Who are um, you? I don't know. What am I doing here? Um, <laughs> I am at underscore, no, at Brandon underscore I'm in. There's an underscore in there somewhere. First, it's my first name, then it's an underscore, and then it's the state in which uh, I live. Currently. And now you're going to talk about how many A's and O's there are in Brandon and the order, and you're going to get confused and just spell it out. <laughs> like the first episodes. I really did that the same way twice. Wow. I'm I pretty think so. I think I did it slightly differently the second time. Yeah, a little different, but the same but thing the happens. Same, the same thing happens because I am detail-oriented. Well, we're anyway. going to see what happens later when we actually have to do it again. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Also, you should mark that any which way a couple seconds oh, ago. Oh, my gosh. Do I have to? I no, it's okay. Okay. Any, I, I caught it. I got it. Although my, my mouse is disconnected from my computer, so that's probably why I was focusing on <laughs> the lack of mouse. Gotcha. No problem. But we got some interesting topics to talk about. Uh, Actually, before we start that, I want to just say one quick thing. Yeah. Tweetbot for Mac 2 came out, and it's the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, put a link yeah. In. Let's talk about that and put a link in. I need to buy this thing. So It's down to $13 now. Yeah. So if you, if you hadn't bought it, because it, it was $20, now it's oh, 13 Uh-huh. So let me tell you, I never use the app anymore because I just open a tab and just use Chrome or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's fine with me for these, you know, tweetings that I do on the MacBook Air. But I remember paying 20 bucks for that, like, you know, all those years ago. How long did you use it for? Uh, I don't know. A long time. Like, okay. when it, I would repeatedly open it and close it during the day. Like, oh, I'm going to tweet now. And then, you know, I would tweet for 20 minutes, you know, as I do. Oh, I'm done tweeting. I'm getting out of here. And that's I just the problem. You have to keep it open all the time. It's one of the apps on my desktop here that opens at login. Yeah, I don't know. It um, it was really dark. Yeah, and I don't know. It it felt really heavy as an app, and I don't know. Yeah, I agree. This this version I think is a little lighter. It um, the sidebar where it, it shows your your feed, your mentions, your direct messages, favorite search profile lists, and mutes. Um, it's now like a dark translucent, and you uh-huh. know, if it, it's not the focus window. It's I think a solid color, but it's not black but a solid dark color. Um, mm-hmm. But it matches the TweetBot 3 for iOS or for iPhone a lot in the sense that your feed is white background 
has kind of the, the flat look now. Um, um, and then your selected tweet has a dark background. So pretty much just matching the iPhone version. Um, awesome. Which, which keeps it uniform and uh, yeah. It's funny sense. to read the reviews of the, you know, the new one, like two stars, two stars, four stars, you know, like nobody knows how to review apps these days. Oh, totally. Well, I think like there are other desktop Twitter apps, you know, the main Twitter one, but, and, and I guess Twitterific five, but that, I don't know. I feel like no one's putting a ton of effort into them. Yeah. Cause Twitter you know, kind of do a big release and then that's kind of all, you know, minor things here and there, but I don't, I don't really blame anyone for not working on the Twitter apps anymore, but you know, you should also consider that you guys using those Macs full time. So lucky because on Windows we got nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. That's true. Well, There's... you can run you can run Rainbow Stream, right? It's just Python. All that is. It's not native-ish. That's true. Yeah, that's true. There's one Twitter app I use on Fedora, which is built for GNOME three and looks wonderful. It matches GNOME so well. The yeah, which I one? Uh, I don't remember. I'd have to boot into it. Um, I can do that after we're done and yeah, put it in the notes. yeah, no problem. And then I can let you know. And Brandon or and Ryan, you can do a voiceover that's cut in saying the name of the app is. Yeah, I can cut in, and actually, the name of the app is Corebird. Uh, I think we have a link in the show notes for you to go look at it. Also, the only thing it doesn't support is uh, TweetMarker, which I love to sync between Tweetbot on my iPhone and my desktop because I could use iCloud, but. Then I can ever, if I ever feel like trying out another Twitter app that supports TweetMarker, I don't have to scan to where I last saw my last tweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have the same same uh, service. It's called just going up to the top. It's free, <laughs> universal, well, implemented see, everywhere. I do basically do that. That is what I do essentially. There are browser plugins for TweetMarker, I believe. At least there was at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I try and at least see every tweet. Uh-huh. All the time. And I haven't missed one since 2011 when I was at camp for a month and only had my phone for one weekend at halfway point. And I'm not going to read through two weeks of tweets. Good choice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I'm i not a Twitter completionist, which is probably because I follow uh, and a I'm million people. amount of people, as, as has been well documented. I follow 237 on my tech account, which is several hundred tweets a day, maybe maybe like 600 a day, which isn't too bad because I, I don't know. I check it every, when I'm on my computer constantly, mm-hmm. you know, every five tweets, I'll look at it when I'm at work. I check over lunch and then I usually have 120 or 30. Then on my personal account, I have follow 227, but like half of them are inactive or like a third are inactive at least. So yeah. cause that account's been long, been around for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. I checked eight minutes ago. And since then I have three tweets. I checked a couple seconds ago, and since then I have eight tweets. Oh my gosh! I check. I'm checking now, and the latest. Oh wait, that's just one account. Yeah, in the past, in the past minute, I got eight tweets. You know, you, how do you live? Uh, last, the last tweet I have yes. is fifty-two. That's 52. why you don't even know your own Twitter name. It might have something to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Just make a new account. Oh. Add one more to the list. No way. So yeah, I recommend Tweetbot for Mac too. It's re- reduction in price, um, nearly all the same features. Um, a couple that people I've seen been asking the develop main developer to add in. He said, "Oh, right about this. It's getting uh, the new um, quote tweet view coming in version two point one." Awesome. Um, yeah, I think it it looks matches Yosemite a lot more. It's it feels lighter because it's not as much custom UI. I yeah. definitely agree. I appreciate get... its lightness. Oh, totally. I think it's it has nearly the same features. It basically a UI change and matches the look of the iPhone version for version three. Um, I know a lot of the code is shared between the versions, at least a shared framework and a lot of slightly modified code. Mm-hmm. So that will probably hopefully mean more updates in the Mac version for to match features in the iPhone version. So oh hoping. my gosh. Okay, can't, I I can't believe this. You can add columns to it. Can you have yeah. To it. Like I can look at my my shorter list alongside my main list, and it's like ah, thank you, Paul. Paul Haddad, developer Tweetbot. You're an awesome person. But it's Todd Thomas who does the Mac version. Oh really? I'll help okay. a little bit. Have do you not? You should follow Todd. He's good to follow. Yeah. Todd. Another four hundred tweets. Thomas. Yeah. 
Um, I actually tweeted at him today saying, um, great work on it. It's a way to show profile photos as rounded rectangles instead of circles because I like to see more of the image if I can. I swear, I looked at the settings like 10 times and I couldn't find the setting. And so I tweeted at him. And he said, thanks. Did you check the preferences? And of course, then I look and it's right there. And I'm... Yeah. I, and then I'm... Oh. So I, I tweeted at him, super mega face palm. I swear I checked the preferences many times. All good now. And so he must have looked at my profile because he said, as long as you're a first year comp so I guess it, I could cut you some slack. Oh. <laughs> and then I go, finished my third year a month ago. Oh. Jack oh. must have played tricks on me. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my moment of shame for the week. Uh, that's that's... It's so awesome though that, that as a developer he's he's available to to talk like that even if he's he sassy. Yeah, it's he's he's good. Some new like tiny little features in version three two that I like. If you want me to keep talking about Tweetbot, I totally do, do it. Um, so retweets, you know, instead of retweet and says who it's by, it's now retweet a little mini profile photo of of the user who retweeted and then their username nice. or their full name, um, which I like. Um, it also will show if the person tweeted from a tweetbot for iOS, it will show a little, like a, a little square to match an iPad or iPhone uh-huh. next to the time of the tweet. So it's just subtle showing, um, maybe that, that might be a feature I enabled though. Actually, there's a, a defaults flag that I entered in. Yeah, anyway, right. that's updated. So instead of covering over the profile photo, I can see when t- people using tweetbot for Mac or for iOS tweet. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. And the, the um, TapBots people, so Paul, Mark, and Todd have little TapBot logos next to their profile photos. I was just going to say, I love that they do that. It is so awesome. I, I think cool that that's, tech. yeah, that, that's, that's the mark of a great Mac app right there. When, when they do like something little and tiny like that, that's a little bit, um, you know, a little bit whimsical, but really, it's, it's really just like a nice way to, well, A, to, to call out who made the darn thing. And B yeah. to that's uh, kind of like a, a a hat tip to that. That's awesome. So have you? I, I know that there was some talk about um, updating the iPad app too for Tweetbot. Still is working that, on it. Still working on it. Okay. Which is in such a desperate need of an update. Oh my gosh! I I'm trying to decide whether I want to use the um, the iPhone version on my iPad because I have a feeling that would be a better experience than any other Twitter app that I have. Like on my yeah. iPad right now. I use I use Tweetbot two for my iPad, and like I'm used to it. That's the only version I've ever used there, but it just doesn't yeah. match. I mean, it's no new features have been added in a long time. Yeah, I mean, a couple of small things, but I think they're focusing. And it's coming out this year. I know. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. Although I, I'm sure iOS nine will delay things a little bit. Oh but, yeah, but probably Absolutely. not too much unless they change things. I liked Paul's tweet. Um, let me find it here. Um, he tweeted right when Tweetbot for Mac 2 came out yesterday saying, uh-huh. Apple announces paid Mac app to upgrades next next week. I'm probably going to get escorted out. <laughs> He's going to WWDC. So. Nice. Nice, nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, there's no way you could possibly just see what I showed you on a white screen. Cool. Um, so, yeah, Tweetbot, two, Tweetbot for Mac 2. I like it. Thumbs up. Oh, and columns. I've, I use one column for one account, one column for my other account. So mm-hmm. that's how I watch both timelines. Yeah. I've got one for my, for my fire hose and then the other one for my, uh, my unmissables list, which has, uh, I think about 50 people in it. So it's a more reasonable, yeah. uh, number of people to actually, 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 actually. Hey, we're back now. Uh, cool. there was a bit of a technical difficulty there. You know, that Linux. Was fun. There are no drivers for it. There no are drivers no drivers for Linux. As you can see, um, stability is not what Linux is known for. I mean, it is, but not when there's a UI, just no drivers. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Okay. So are you? Yeah. Are yeah. you using Chromium right now? Is that it? No, I'm. Or I'm Chrome? using. So, uh, before the show, I mentioned that I was updating, uh, Chrome. I updated from Chrome 35, if you can believe it, to um, Chrome 43. Wow, that's a huge jump. Yeah, it is a huge jump. And so you'd wonder why didn't it update in you know the eight months that you know it's been installed, or it's I guess it's been installed since 1310, so October of 2013. Why was there no update? And that is a great question. Why wouldn't it update? 
Because Chrome on Ubuntu is different than Chrome everywhere else. That's really like that seems like a poor decision on the yeah. on the. You need to update through AppGet or? Um, I don't know because whenever I would update through AppGet, like I would normally do, it wouldn't be like a choice or anything. So it didn't yeah. seem like. You not add the repository or. The repository is added and everything, but it would just never update. I don't know. Weird, huh? Maybe they uh they they stopped updating that. Particular repository. At I'm, some I'm, point? I'm guessing that's what it probably was. But that's probably like defeats the purpose of a repository. Kind of. Well, no, you know, it's probably since uh, whatever company owns Ubuntu, what is their name? Canonical. Canonical, yeah. Because they don't support Ubuntu after the next short-term release. Yeah, comes but this out. is this is fourteen oh four. It should be long-term until sixteen oh four. And if and if I recall correctly too, like if, if if there's a particular repo for Chrome, I know I know that Google has like a. Um, a, a separate repo that they just use for Chrome. It seems weird that they would not update that. Like I don't know. That, that it would just be one Chrome repo because I, I know that's what I have on here. I have a special Chrome repo that just maybe I did it wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I at the computer science labs at UMM, uh, we have Chrome installed, and there's a repository that does it. I think it self updates as well. Mm-hmm. If not, though, I think our Puppet scripts should update it every six hours, so Chrome stays up to date. Whereas Firefox. Because we're in Fedora 18, it was version 26, which doesn't work with anything anymore, really. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Updates. What are those things? I don't know. Download. What are those things? Well, you know, speaking of updates, I had uh, some updating trouble today, actually. In, in addition to the Chrome stuff? Uh, yeah. So I, um, so I, I use Synergy. Synergy is a great product. It lets you have one mouse and one keyboard, and then you can have as many computers as you want, and you can just mouse and keyboard on them virtually so that's wonderful right sounds great problem is uh, the version of synergy i was using on windows um it had a conflict with a windows update a few months ago and i've pretty pretty much just been living with it since then and so the the windows update changed some kernel level thing and basically whenever you'd click on a window it wouldn't Mm -hmm. necessarily get foreground focus Hmm. So let's say you had Audacity and Chrome overlaid on top of each other. You know, like you could see a little bit of both. Well, if you would click on the one behind it, so if you Audacity was in front and Chrome was in back, if you clicked on Chrome, you'd expect it to appear in front of Audacity now. Well, that wouldn't necessarily happen um, due to this bug. And uh, so I thought, okay, well, this is annoying. I can't live my life like this. So what I decided to do is just turn off Synergy whenever I wasn't using using it. So that that's a great solution, great middle ground. Well, yeah. so now I thought, oh, hey, you know, I've got I've got two hours, I got some time before the show. I'm gonna totally update Synergy to uh to the last free version, and I'm gonna totally just make it work. It's gonna be great. Nope, totally broke it in every conceivable way. Oh gosh. Yep. So so then I thought, okay, well clearly. The paid version must have the solution, right? So then I went, yeah. and, then I went and bought it, and uh, nope, same story, no difference. So I have to do more troubleshooting later. Um, for some reason, okay, so that 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 weird focusing bug that's been fixed as far as it you know can be. It mm-hmm. um, they they addressed it in a, an update in seven one point seven or something. So that's good. Yeah. But the problem I'm having now is the server can't see my computer, so can't see. The, the real server can't see my computer, but it's funny yeah. because it used to. So I don't know why. Huh. Yeah, that's really strange. Mm-hmm. But well, it's open source. Go fix it. Yeah, I, but you know, Synergy, it's great. I'm I'm glad I paid them finally. Now they can be happy. We can use that ten dollars to fix the problem you're having, or or, or, or no. the twenty nine dollars. Yeah, I I, I only did I did the cheaper one. I don't need SSL. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, eavesdrop on me. Go ahead, try it. Well, it's just over a local network. Yeah, it is over local. I don't know what the point of SSL is, really. What What even is SSL? I say that, but basically, like, at least 90% of 50% of my work has to do with SSL now. And I love it. It's dangerous. But that's why I say, that's why I say, what is SSL? It's a, because it's, SSL is most of half my life. <laughs> do any of your websites travel secure traffic, like HTTPS, or? All of my work websites do. 
uh, I just uh, just this weekend, uh, this weekend for some reason, starting on Thursday. Yeah. Um. Yes. Last <laughs> last night, I decided to just start generating my free SSL certificates from Gandhi.net because oh, Gandhi.net nice. is a cool registrar that gives you free certificates. Um. And and I did that. Um. And I don't have anything up on any of the websites I own through Gandhi.net right now. So none of them are uh, are, are 100% encrypted yet. But the one that I'm using um, for this thing that I'm building right now, which is for um, which is to to keep in contact with my family while we're while we're uh, while we're uh, overseas, um, that will be fully encrypted. So that'll be fun. Uh, I just need mm-hmm. to finish that first, which is you know kind of part one. <laughs> and then like we can because Heroku just has SSL on already, so I can just oh yeah. Forward thing, forward things over it, which is super convenient for me. That's right. So I, th- um, I think johnsonamend.org then would still would be SSH friendly or SSH friendly, ugh, SSL friendly and SSH friendly technically, but that's not what we're talking about right now. I'm, I'm going to test that out right now. I keep talking. I'm going to test that out. We're, we're, we're um, going to keep talking. So I've I've set links to everything to include HTTPS, and I have I, HTTP should redirect HTTPS. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I'm too poor. I should get into it, but I'm poor. But doesn't Cloudflare have something? Because I, I route all my domains through Cloudflare. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all but one, I think. My, I don't remember. Maybe Hey Get Back to Work doesn't, but um, they do something with SSL too. But you might need to have a certificate on the server that you can have access to to do that. Yeah. So I don't even yeah. know where to begin with any of the certificate stuff, or even doing the integration into the actual code. I just have no clue. Yeah. Oh, hey. It's, well, let me let me tell you, Ryan. Um, you want to see the product of the last like six months of my by six months, I mean like a month and a half of my work. That I love your time compression ratio. So sure. <laughs> what can I say? I'm uh, I'm good with the math. Um, not all of this can can be applied to to anything. Um. But some of it can. Um, I built a self-help guide for uh, SSL certificates that we use at work. Mm-hmm. Um, so the U, uh, the U offers SSL certificates for a bunch of people, um, mostly exclusively um, people who develop applications at the uh, at, at the U to use stuff like Shibboleth um, for authentication, and they interface with PeopleSoft to, to get student records or, or staff records or all that stuff. Um, but there's a public-facing guide that just tells you how to uh, set up an SSL certificate, request it, and uh, install it on web servers. And I mean, really what it is, is, is it's a collation of resources from a bunch of different places, including um, a couple of uh, uh, certificate authorities, some of the stuff that we've developed over the years, um, and then, of course, the stuff that's kind of specific to the use thing. So mm-hmm. um, don't email SSL certs at umn.edu because they won't give you the access code because you're not staff. Makes sense. Um, but however, everything else is still valid. You can learn about how how certificates work, and you can use some really awesome stuff that um, that I wrote and other people that I know who are really cool, definitely cooler than me, wrote. Um, me I should forward this to uh, lab manager professor at Morris because we have our uh, what is it CentOS five mm-hmm. subversion repository that runs track that yeah. has a self signed certificate that expired in January twenty thirteen. Well, now, now you don't need to worry about expiration or anything else. You can get an actual, legit SSL certificate signed by Comodo, which is one of the largest uh, CAs out there and most respected ones. And it comes with a U of M. Um, uh, it, it, it looks like it's from the U of M because it is from the U of M. You just have to ask us nicely. I'm actually Brandon, one of the apps. There's no share button on this website. Come on. What's that? There's no share button on this website. <laughs> yeah, well, I I didn't build the um I didn't build that part. I just put the content in it. This well, I I helped to build this part, but I didn't like build it on my own. There's there's been about a team of uh five people that have never met each other over the course of about 5 years that have built this. So, I'm just the latest. <laughs> um the uh installation instructions for Apache web servers is not found. What? Good to know. That's really gross. Because I just tested that literally this morning, and it was working. Seriously, all of these are dead? I, I didn't test them all yet. but I'm testing them all. Yeah, they're, they're all, all dead. dead, yes. Well, crap, I wasn't going to work. That but, was fast. Um, it's time for me to get back to work, it sounds I, like. I think that uh, might be a show. That might be a show.
All right. I guess I guess I'm done. I'm done plugging my work. That <laughs> that may or may not done. work. Well, it will work by the time you're listening to this, Ex- dear listener. Exactly, dear listener. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there I we think, go. I think we have time for one more topic. What do we want to go Let's for? Do it. You can kill mine. Mine's mine. Mine can mine can keep. Okay, yours can keep. Even though, even though there's a real cute uh, picture of an animal. Well, that's, that's the the, an, the no 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 don't delete it all. We'll put it into the next show notes. All right. Yeah. See, it's just like overflow. Okay, I guess we can just go with uh, the established order here then, if you want to. Let's go for it. Okay. So uh, my uh, my mouse here um, is I don't know. Is it going to do it again? Of course. When I want. Oh, there it goes. It's glowing red. Because it's angry that it hasn't been charged. And the reason I was asking before on the fringe if Brian's mouse actually tells him that it wants to be charged is that for some reason, even though I have the software installed on this computer here, it never tells me that it's out of battery or nearing out of battery. Ever. I I assume it just doesn't communicate it. Let me open up my fancy schmancy. It definitely does communicate it because when you open the software manually, it says exactly how much battery life you have left. Oh, so is yours like empty? What do you mean empty? Because here, I'll I think, send a screenshot. I think I think when it says when it's red, it has like ten percent left. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, you'd think they would at least. Okay. Yeah, send... you're right. It is empty, <laughs> according to the picture, anyway. Hmm. Well, yeah. maybe maybe they'll get to it eventually. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I have those same kind of little red or green LEDs when it's charged, but when nice. it's not charged. It's red LEDs, and it doesn't tell me on the computer, which is where I'm normally looking. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like that Logitech went the extra step to put in RGB LEDs oh, yeah. rather than just lights. Ooh, we should hack the firmware and just start flashing colors. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> totally. Can do that. Disco party. Do that, yeah. <laughs> From the battery indicator lights. Okay, so, so our last topic here that we have time for is paying for educational materials. So what do you think? How do you feel about that? How do you pay? How how do you feel about paying to learn something? I think it depends on how you value what you're learning. So, mm-hmm. if it's something like learning how to do web development, mm-hmm. I don't think you should pay for that because, well, maybe you you could, but I think there's so much online, at least for like more basic HTML, CSS, and things. Oh, totally. Yeah. You you should not be paying for that. Mm-hmm. Whereas other things like um, if you're trying to learn higher, you know, calculus, higher math kind of things. You could teach yourself, but it might be helpful to learn from someone else because you can get much more, um, because there is more of a concrete answer when it's, oh, I guess that would make it easier to look up online as well. But I I think it depends on the subject. There's a lot of free stuff out there. But I think the more in-depth you want to go, the probably better experience you're going to get from paying for something. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree for, you know, the the entry-level knowledge, like, you know, as you said, the CSS, the HTML, the JavaScript, you probably can pick that up for free. That that seems reasonable. But for those higher-level concepts where the things aren't necessarily concrete in their answers and their concepts more so than they are actual things you type, then then Mm -hmm. paying for it tends to be uh, more educational. Totally. And, like, one of the the things kind of as an extension of that that I'm kind of thinking about is uh like lynda.com. Have you guys ever used Lynda? Oh yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Like I I love Lynda, but the main reason why I use it is because it's free to me as a university student. Um I actually know some of the people who who procured that 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 for us who 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 got that for us at the U and like I high five them on a near daily basis because it's so awesome to have access to 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 that many courses about so many varied things and such that uh, such. I have a friend who would probably bow down to them. He loves it. Yeah, he absolutely loves it. They'd be so happy to hear that. They're like really tired out right now because they're preparing for like a new um a new thing that's going on with it. But um but yeah, oh, no, but... I I've done one course, the Swift thing, a couple weeks ago, and I have my my friends done a bunch. I've I mean, he's he he told me about it. I didn't know of its existence till then, and I know mm-hmm. many others have. I think it's a wonderful service to have through them. Mm-hmm, definitely. The, the trick is that as I near graduation, I'm like, but would I actually like use it? Were I to if to to I pay? Uh, were exactly. I to pay for it? Right. Like that's that's the trick for me because like 
I don't, I don't know if I'd, I'd just be like, well, you know, at that point, I'm, I may as well look at going to conferences or I may as well look at um, at something else because, I mean, it, it's like, what, $30 a month or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it, it, it is get... somewhat pricey if you don't have, I mean, in theory, like all things like, you know, all creative products like Photoshop, mm-hmm. for example, one client should be able to pay for you, the purchase of the software. So oh, totally. if you actually used what you learned and then applied it, in theory, one client would totally pay all of the software costs or the oh, learning totally. costs. Like, I feel like that's what the model says. And you you probably wouldn't have it for, you know, monthly for years on end. Exactly. Exactly. Have it for a month or two to learn what you need and you'd be done. And like, it has a lot on there, which I think makes it really good for education because you know they pay one giant fee, but access to tons and tons of people. Mm-hmm. And totally. it works really well while you're in school. You can kind of poke around different things. Yeah. It's like self-training for your job. Absolutely. And then, I'm... you know, if it's, you know, $30 for one training that really helps your value as a worker in whatever field you're in can really be beneficial, then $30 is probably relatively cheap. Exactly. Oh, totally. It's, yeah. it's absolutely relatively cheap, but it's it's weird how, like, I have that block now, right, where I'm yep. like, well, I... I I use it pretty frequently now, but would I would I pay would I shell out the you know the thirty bucks a month or would I? I would probably I wouldn't. I I don't think I would either. I probably wouldn't either. But it's may, maybe for that particular content in a certain at, at a certain time, maybe month to month, as you guys put it. I, I think that may, maybe I would. I think I think that the the conferences like that. I I'm totally. Yeah, I I just went to a conference actually yesterday, which is a little bit different. It wasn't for developer stuff. It was for the for the communication oh, yeah. side. Yeah, I saw um, your tweets about that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the U of M Communicators Forum took really good care of us. We had some awesome presentations. It was a lot of fun. That's great. Um, but I I I've gone to two conferences in the span of a month, and I am totally addicted to conferences now, guys. I'm gonna try to go to Dub Dub. Um, WWDC next time if oh, I yeah. can. Oh, if yeah. I can't, I'm going to go to Layers. And if I can't go to Layers, I might just go to San Francisco. Just and go to AltConf. Work. And then get Alt-conf. denied. I know, right? Yeah. That's that's the thing. I know. Start learning iOS development now. You can apply for an education version if you make a cool app. I know. That's that's what I'm thinking. And I, I have I think I have an idea for one that might be kind of interesting. It's based on the idea that's in um, Warble, which is a, a Twitter client that I tried to build a while ago. Did I ever tell you guys about Warble? I don't remember. No, it's basically it's basically a minimalist Twitter client, um, which one is to say tweet that per screen. That's right, one tweet per screen, and it uh, you only get to re uh, to refresh the page once every thirty minutes. Oh, that sounds so, like, wonderful! So you only get one tweet every half hour, and and you can like tweak it a little bit, but um, you can see why somebody like me who follows for you know fourteen hundred people would enjoy it. Um, I, I'm thinking something like that for for iOS might be interesting. Um, hey. Brandon, I am genuinely interested in developing for iOS. If you want to go into this with someone else, I am very interested. I'll help you port it let's to Android. It. Let's do it. <laughs> we got it. Let's New do Slack this thing, channel. guys. That'd be awesome. New Slack channel. All right, but yeah, I think uh, I, I think other than that, yeah, I would I definitely feel more comfortable paying for like in person experiences than I would for online stuff. Yeah, even yeah. though. Even though I really like online stuff too, I think it's pretty darn cool and pretty darn valuable. I've learned almost everything I know from tutorials or from Codecademy or Linda or something like that. So taking it from that WWDC angle, so you you have to pay how much is it for WWDC these days? I think it's like sixteen hundred. Yeah. So plus airfare, your travel, and lodging for that entire week, which is another thousand essentially. Yeah. So as long as you're a developer, you get access to all, uh, whatever videos and documentation they publish during WWDC, as far as I know, right? Yep, absolutely. I've watched them a couple times. And so, do you have you, that? That's for free, I think. Also, like After you don't you have pay to, the hundred. Yeah. So you do have to no, pay the hundred. It was free for all developers last year. I yeah, think. that's what I thought too. E- even if even if you don't pay the uh, yeah. iOS developer program thing, I think. Oh so. wow! Because Apple nice. last year's WWDC was ridiculous in the amount of how much op- of how open it got, and yeah, the new developer tools policies and then you know third-party keyboards and all that kind of stuff yeah totally that's the biggest thing i got from last year's so let's say it wasn't free how much would you pay for instead of going w to you know to the conference to wwdc how much would you mm-hmm. just paid for the videos and the documentations and things you could get online afterwards like would that be would, valuable at all i think i would join the ios developer program for it just a hundred dollars just just a hundred bucks yeah um but because but because i'm me and i don't really um 
like I, I have played around with Swift and I've played around with Objective C before, but I haven't actually programmed an application that I've actually wanted to use day to day in it. Um, I feel like I probably wouldn't pay much more than a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that somebody would, at, which is to say, um, I, I'm sure that that kind of info has like real professional value to people and could someday have professional value to me. But right now as a student who is, you know, bas- basically, basically a novice. Yeah. Um, by definition, in, in those languages, I probably wouldn't care. Right. Like JS Conf or something like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'd be all over that. I'd probably pay 100, 150 for, for like JS Conf stuff, but very yeah. fortunate that most of those places give, give their stuff out for free. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it makes a lot of sense to pay, you know, a premium for the in person experience, especially for yeah. the, the chance and to, network with others. Yeah. And... Exactly. The questions and networking is what you're paying for in that case. Yeah. But I would be hesitant and to just not. pay for videos and tutorials. Uh huh. Absolutely. Aren't the, the YouTube tutorials of, you know, five year old <laughs> videos of like 13 year olds with, uh, with, now. um, unregistered hypercam too? Oh, yes. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I don't know. So the reason I asked about this in particular question is a few years ago when I built the Nexus CMS for the first time, I was Uh using WordPress, of course, and WordPress is by definition disgusting and should be um, destroyed. But that said, I used a theme called Hybrid Theme, and it was, um, you know, Uh pretty popular and great. But for some reason, in order to get the documentation, you had to pay for like a $20 membership and then you would get all the documentation you could ever want and access to the forms to ask the the person who made the system questions and stuff. And so I paid the 20 bucks and you know I used it and got my got my documentation. Did it help me so much? Honestly, I'm going to have to say no. You know what I could have done instead? Could have just read the source code. And so yeah. that was weird. Was the source code documented in line? Or? Yeah, it, it was totally documented in line. So, like, basically what you were paying for is documentation online and some examples of how to use various functions and classes and things. So, yeah, that's so weird. I don't know if I would pay $20 for that. Yeah, I, I and so in retrospect, I've always been kind of burned by documentation should be free, examples should be free, and if they're not there, why am I using your product? That's true. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, actually, in that, in that light, definitely. But the guy, he did offer support also in that package. So maybe it was more of him offering support instead of just docs. I don't know. It's hard to uh, separate the two, but or paying for docs. Support docs. Uh, yeah, I don't, no, I, I don't, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that, like, for some, like, you know, the the the, the fun word is enterprise, right? For, for right. some uses where, where people are like, I need this to not break, otherwise people will die and yeah. or will lose lots of money. Why, why you'd want to go for that? But I mean, for 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 somebody like us who's who's like learning stuff, testing things out, it doesn't really make sense to, to pay for that sort of thing because somebody else is going to document it better or Probably. maybe the creator has documented it better mm-hmm. for free. Um, in, a, in just a way that maybe isn't the most convenient right. or who knows, it might be more convenient. It's, it's just not the way that maybe somebody is generally, um, most likely to experience documentation, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, on a website or something like that, but totally. And then the other thing that just came out is that Google IO, Google worked with Udacity to make this, I think it was $2,000 worth class. Like it's 200, 200 per lesson. And I think there's 10 lessons. So it's $2,000. And, oh, and so it's this, it's, it's what they're calling the Android developer nano degree. And I, um, I, I don't, I don't know about this. It seems a little bit expensive. Yeah. $200 a month, I meant. Okay. Maybe not 2000, but still, it's quite a bit. Oh, so it's a, it's a subscription. Yeah. And, and it takes nine to 12 months to complete this. So it could be pretty expensive. Yeah. And just, just for a, from a marketing perspective, I don't like the phrase nano degree. It's like, <laughs> It's not big enough. Yeah, it's like if I'm paying 200 bucks a month, I want more than a nano degree exactly. out of this guys. So you do get a certificate and you do get I don't know, that's all you get. I don't understand. I don't I I don't know. I I just don't understand what Google and Udacity. I don't understand Udacity basically. They're they're yeah. the the whole scheme of Udacity paying for what exactly is weird. Totally. I mean, like, Linda has something like that, too, where you can get a certificate out of it, but it's basically like a LinkedIn certificate. Exactly. And we already, and we already get, 
um, that it included in, in you know, like, our tuition pays for that. You could just endorse me on LinkedIn to say that I know how to develop for Android, and that's basically the same. It feels like that's the same even as a nano degree, definitely. Yeah. In fact, I might do that for you right now. I'm going to endorse. I'm going to try to like endorse you on LinkedIn for something like ridiculous, like nano degrees or something. You know, I'm a nano degree designer. Endorse me for that. Exactly. In fact, that I'll might be that might be relevant later. Yeah. So I I think that's a really interesting thing. Have you ever done a Udacity course? And either of you? I haven't. I've done like um like Code School before, which looks kind of similar, and I've done a um a edX course, but I've never done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did one to learn how to do the Android app that I made a couple semesters ago, uh-huh. and um, so I don't know. It it just That's... doesn't seem like it's worth it. No, totally. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Does that sound like it? The show? Yeah, I think that's the show. Um, I think right. um, Brian had some internet issues. It, we're all having issues today, you know. Uh, Chrome crashing, internet days. crash. It is one of those days. Um, well, I don't know if he's coming back, but we'll see. Uh, if he does come back, then you can disregard this message. But if he doesn't, you can... Fi- oh, he's back! Hey, welcome back, hey, Brian. Brian. I was just going to tell everyone where everybody can find you on the internet. He was gonna. He, he almost let me did it, but he knew I'd butcher it. So, but but since you're back, you can tell everyone where you can be found on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at bman four seventy nine or the more related tech account tech four seventy nine. I check and I will see everything. So that's probably good and bad. He reads all your tweets, every single one. Some the good some with more interest and um read 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 no not readability attention interest in the te- attention. yeah. Than, than that, but yeah. yeah. And where yeah. can we find you, Brandon? Uh, you can find me also on Twitter. I'm at Brandon underscore MN. Um, that's Brandon is in my name, and underscore is in underscore, and MN is in the abbreviation for the state of Minnesota. Woohoo, go Gophers! Um, where I will be tweeting probably most frequently about my exploits in Europe, which will um, start occurring basically tomorrow. Um, and uh, I, I will read all of your at replies. Um, if if you're an awesome person out there, which most of you are, um, I uh, y- you should you should let me know with an at reply, and then I'll add you to my list of people that I read exclusively um, and completely from start to finish. Especially now that I have this fancy new Twitterific or uh, Tweetbot app. Thanks to Brian. Whoa, 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 Twitterific. Just... Whoa. Did I just? Did I just? Yeah, I got to be careful. Blessed. Uh, I think Paul you just warbled. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> and of course, you can find me just about everywhere, but especially on the Twitter at Ryan Amar, and of course, on the Google Plus, which is where I post pictures and very interesting things throughout the week. Also, just like how you're going on a, a very wonderful vacation to the uh, far reaches of the Earth, I'm going to be taking a trip also. Nice. Do you, do you know where my mm. trip is going? Where's it going? My trip is going to St. Paul to jury duty. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Yeah, Are you going to send someone to jail? I, I don't know. We, I, I will find all about it, find out all about it on Monday morning at 8.30. Oh, nice. And it's going to be so much fun. My cousin did jury duty uh, two, uh, three weeks ago. and No, two weeks ago, because this week isn't done yet. Um, they did it together. They both pushed it off from their school. And oh, so yeah, just, yeah. I'm sure it's a lot of U of M students and college. <laughs> yeah, people. yeah. I, I also had to, like... It was literally scheduled for me during the first three weeks of class, like, you know, sometime in the first three weeks of, you know, w- winter semester or whatever. And oh, gosh. that was a terrible time because, you know, you needed those first three weeks of class, turns out. Yeah. And so I rescheduled it to June. Here I am now. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. Do you have to go to where, where do you have to go for that? Just to the courthouse? Or? Yeah, just in St. Paul. Yeah. Oh, I, I'll that, just take that the train. building is. That building is so beautiful. I've walked past it a couple of times. Oh, yeah. And in fact, I'm probably going to walk past it tomorrow or in the next couple of days. Yep. I love that building. Mm-hmm. I don't really ever want to have to go in there. But no, I not love ideally. It. Yeah. So apparently they take your phone away or you can't have it in like the courtroom. So I probably won't be live tweeting whatever I do. But you can be Aww. assured that I will tweet about it afterwards. <laughs> All I right. My sister said there was Wi-Fi there. In their waiting room. Yeah, I, I imagined yeah. it. I, I bought a yeah, hardcover book. Monday. He wasn't called in for the rest of the week. So. Oh, okay. That's nice. I bought a hardcover book just in case. I, I have plenty of reading to do. That's mm. good. Yeah. You should, you should like, delay the wi- live treating of it so you can be like, LOL, this dude's totes guilty, guys. Oh, <laughs> I might have but to just, do like, that. 
and then and then like uh like 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 totally like waffle but but just like delay it so so be like oh totally guilty oh i don't know that last witness really got me going lol um you know but just be like really really like exaggerated about it the whole time i know you can't like talk about the actual case oh raffle copper that that judge looks pissed (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh dang objection (laughs) if i if i were to do it i might make a different twitter account like a parody yeah. account just and talk about your sense. honor but put your honor in quotes every time yeah exactly that would actually be a lot of fun for me while i have nothing to do totally yeah totally. well do this, it i look forward to it i i might do it well this has been a lot of fun has been this has yes. been what what episode is this you know we're only in number three episode, so what episode is this i forget episode trace or twa or um uh yeah that yeah. language is a little less or, uh, Okay. How, how, do you say, how do you say three in German? Is it like uh, sauerkraut or something? <laughs> Not quite. Close. Well, you I, can. I think, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You could Google that. Probably not. Probably not. Well, it's been fun, and uh, I guess uh, we'll see you next time. Have a good Bye, one. Bye, guys. Happy, happy Friday. I have no more campaigns because I won't vote. My agenda is the same since the day I swore an oath. Since the day I swore an oath. Since the day I swore an oath. Get it, get it, like 1999. Get it, get it, like 1999. It has been and still is a hard time, but tonight we get it like it's 1999. How do I remove this, like, drawing stuff? I don't want it to have a floating pair of sunglasses every time I hover over the screen. (laughs) I thought you were talking about my beautiful capybara. And I just could not, I can't get it to feel right no matter what I do, which might be because the trackpad's totally busted. I don't know if I can count in hex. (laughs) So it's like tons of zeros and then one AD2 and so it said input interpretation February 1st AD. I literally bought it from the Amazon rainforest guys. That, <laughs> of course, because you know battery trees, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I I don't even get it. Chrome was just crashing and saying you have too many tabs open. It's like I have one freaking tab <laughs> open. You guys, what the heck? Ghost like, tabs. Yeah. Phantom tabs. <laughs>